This is the Courser Cast. Courser Cast. Here's your host, Bobby Courser. Joining me on the Courser Cast is Jack Harvey, driver of the number 60 Meyer Shank Racing Entry. Jack, welcome to the Courser Cast. Good afternoon. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Uh, it is a beautiful day here in Portland. I know you're looking forward to getting up here for the Portland Grand Prix coming up at the end of the month, but man, I can't complain. It's a beautiful day here in the Northwest. I mean, honestly, the weather here is pretty nice. And in, in, uh, in Indy, too, it's uh, it's warm without the classic Midwest humidity today. So uh, it sounds like we're both having good weather days right now. So um, that's a win for us both. Oh, that that's definitely true. Let me ask you about that. You are from Great Britain. Um, you guys yep. have a little bit of humidity. I'm you know pretty familiar with your climate, but... Did anything prepare you for the humidity of the Midwest? No, nobody did. Um, I've been in humid places before, you know. I've done races in, you know, in in Asia, right. uh, but the rest of the rest of Europe is quite dry heat, you know. So temperature wise, you know, throughout Italy, throughout Spain, you know, south of France, um, it's warm. You know, it's very hot. The thing is, when you live in an Indy, uh, it's the humidity that just is here for what feels like months, you know, and you just can't escape it and sweating's not cool. Um, I do feel like I've finally started to get somewhat acclimatized okay. to the heat. Cause when I go back to the UK now, um, everyone was talking about this heat wave that was coming and I was like, Oh no, it's quite nice. Like, it, like I wasn't cold, you know, but I certainly wasn't going out like just in a t-shirt sometimes. Um, you, there's just a much uh, bigger range of temperature here compared to uh to compared to what's normal for me but um i love i love the weather on the on the west coast so you know like that's so that's just it's just perfect all right so let me ask you this indianapolis or los angeles pick a two you have to live in one for say six months where are you going probably in, it's still indianapolis okay. uh, i got you know i got so many friends here now and uh you know, people are very friendly. You know, who's your hospitality? That's a thing. You know, it, the thing about the Midwest is it still has that family feel. And oh yeah, um, I'm not saying that. I've, I haven't, honestly, I have not spent enough time in LA to, uh, you know, to really know what the you know the good bits and the bad points are. Uh, but Indy to me is it's uh, it's a big enough town where I can feel like I could get around. Where when I'm in LA, I might just geographically, I'm just really confused at like where I'm at. <laughs> No, I, I totally understand. And again, being a West Coast boy, I can totally attest to that. You know, Los Angeles <laughs> might be the West Coast mecca for everybody here, but yeah, I'd rather live in Portland where I can get around the entire city in a day if I have to, versus you know sitting in traffic for eight or nine hours. The the, um, the traffic was the next thing I was about to address. I mean, I know there's traffic everywhere, but the, the level that it has in LA, um, I don't know if I could do it. And I don't know if I would be prepared to like shift my whole day around enough to be able to avoid it. Um, Portland was awesome. I mean, honestly, I, I went and did a uh, you know media tour there the last year before the race, and just a really cool city. Found my favorite little Mexican place, which you know was was a little bit of a dive from the outside. Um, it was just awesome, you know. Like, I mean, uh, I love I love being on the West Coast. I don't know if LA is exactly the place I would go, but uh, I do like West Coast living. All right, I got to ask, what is the name of the restaurant? Honestly, I have to text my manager and find okay. out because it was the sort of thing where I don't know if I would have walked in without someone having been before and told gotcha. me that it was amazing. And it was amazing. 
it was it, I'm, I'm sure the outside of it was black it was right downtown uh we walked in and it was like i didn't know if i was in like a bar or a restaurant and it had that you know they, they served mexican food and it was great honestly it was really really solid mexican food well, coming from a guy who spends a lot of time in the kitchen, I'm sure that they would love to hear that because I have a feeling that your taste is probably more refined than most people. So if you're saying that it's a good restaurant, chances are it probably is really good. I mean, I love baking. Baking is my thing at the minute. I really enjoy baking. I'm not a strong cook. But you still well, know how to move around the kitchen. Well, I mean, you know, I'm slowly getting there. I'm trustworthy with knives now, which uh, I'm not sure if I was you know, six months ago, okay, I think my enough. mom was more of like terrified, but now, uh, now I can use them when I need to without cutting myself. All right. I, I was doing some prep for the interview, digging through your Twitter feed. And I came across a series of photos of you cooking or baking a giant cookie. Tell me about this experience. Oh, it's great. Uh, it is. <laughs> so I've done a few now. Um, and I was following a recipe and I must've, I don't know where I went wrong. Uh, but they were meant to be like cookie bars, like soft, chewy cookie bars. Okay. And then I must have baked them in like the wrong pan because obviously didn't have the pan that they needed. Anyway, it turned into like the sort of thing that you would cook in a skillet, you know, and like if you went to, uh, you know, you go and get like, uh, you know, a cookie skillet and ice sure. cream. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, this is taking forever to bake. It's still like wobbling a bit. And I was really confused. And then when the time it came out and I like reread through it, I was like, ah, oh, okay. So I made a hybrid, basically, in the end. It was meant to be one thing. It came out kind of looking like something else. Uh, it still tasted great. I mean, it you know, vanilla ice cream, ice cream would have made it uh, spot on. But, um, yeah, the, uh, the the giant cookie cake was has been was fun. I redid it a couple of weeks ago just to see if I could redo it better. And then this one turned out actually really well. Um, so it's uh, it's been good. Actually, my chocolate, my M&M, chocolate chip cookies Ooh. are legit okay. they are like i'm not gonna pat myself on the back because honestly some of it i get really nervous about like letting people try it but my cookies i'm confident with like i, I will if i can i'll try and bring some to portland no please do um, please do they were they, they were strong all right you mentioned a little bit of ice cream what flavor ice cream are you going with with your cookie oh you know people are gonna get so mad at this just vanilla straight vanilla because it's a, it's like an, it's like a, it's a subtle extra, okay. you know, that your, it's not your main piece, but you know, the chocolate chip cake was a main bit, but like, oh man, just good like Madagascar vanilla ice cream. You can't go wrong really. You really can't. It's a great, like you said, it's a great accenture. It just kind of adds to it. It's not the main focal piece, but you know, you can't, no, it, and it's hard to go wrong with vanilla. It is. And I think the thing that irritates me about saying vanilla is people just like, oh, you must be vanilla. You're, you know, your personality. Da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't mean it's not amazing. That is true. You know, if I'm going to push the boat out on ice cream, I'm going to go mint chocolate chip okay. or pistachio. Ooh. Okay, so I have some other flavors, but vanilla, vanilla will be my number one. I grew up to next to a house that was painted the green color of mint chocolate chip. So oh. I have affinity for it as well. Okay. Yeah, my neighbors. Uh, my neighbors were a little strange. So it's an odd color to paint a house, maybe. But <laughs> right. I mean, I, I could get on board with it. Uh, you got to remember, this was you know the late '80s, early '90s here in America, where Fair enough. those those colors were apparently in. So I guess. 
Uh, I saw one thing on Twitter as well that you've been to only one live music concert. Tell me that is not true. Oh, that is that is true. How can that be? That's a great question. I don't know because you know my sister, you know, has been to loads of festivals left and right. Um, you know, my manager used to be in a band. He's going to see the Misfits later this year. I don't know. Like, I don't know if people just like don't think about me when they go to concerts, or like I just obviously don't look at trying to uh, go to them. And uh, you know, I got invited to go to the um, buy some friends to go with them to watch the Rolling Stones. You know, when it was at IMS, and uh, it was just amazing. I like it. Totally blew me away. And then I had to think about, well, you know, it's one of my favorite bands. One of my favorite places, like I, you, I might have peaked too early. Yeah, in my music concert, concert like goings. Yeah, so but then I'm like, well, nothing's ever going to quite compare to that, and I don't know. Okay, well, we got to make a deal here. If there is a country music festival anywhere near a race weekend or you're free, I'm going to take you to a festival and I just want you to experience okay. two to three okay. days of crazy. Where are we staying? Where uh, are we sleeping? We tenting it? No, no. We're going to glamp it up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Glamping I'm all about. Yeah. Tent, I, tent life? I'm not sure. I, I've done the tent life at festivals and I could do that in my younger days, but now that I'm, you know, past 35, I yeah. like a bed. I like having access to a hot shower. Just, you know, it's just, it's more refined. Uh, yes, quite. I, okay, now I'm on board. Now okay. I'm on board. Let's, let's do it. Okay, we are, we're definitely going to do that. And we could, you know what? Hey, we could hit up Faster Horses, which is at Michigan International Speedway on the infield. So a bunch of the Midwest people, I'm sure, from Indianapolis go up to that. And there are a, a handful of other ones around. So we, we'll look at a calendar. We will make this happen. I mean, I like Chris Stapleton. He's country, right? Yes, he is. Okay, there you go. I'm in. Hey, and you know, if the series ever gets to Nashville, hey, you're going to have... We should, know, uh, I'd be game. I've never been to Nashville. I heard it's a great time. It is. You would, you would thoroughly enjoy it. All right, real quick, let's jump into some racing here, and then we'll get into Star Wars, because I know that's that's one of your big things. Um, you, guys, <laughs> you guys had a great result at Mid-Ohio. Next time you're going to be in the cars at Portland. Give me a sense of what you guys expect for that weekend. I mean, honestly, I think, uh, you know, trying to replicate what we did at uh, Mid-Ohio, but maybe a little bit better. Last year we went to Portland. We were quick all, uh, all, all weekend, honestly. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we didn't qualify quite as well as I think we, we hoped we might or kind of expected we might. But, you know, throughout the race, once we navigated the uh, the accident at the start, you know, we had top four pace. And honestly, if it hadn't have been for, you know, a poorly timed yellow flag, I think, you know, we would have finished you know, somewhere between fourth and six, probably. Right. So um, I think, you know, I'd like to see us just go and try and execute one of those kind of weekends, really. Uh, you know, the goal for the year is to been try and qualify in the top 12, uh, you know, try and race in the top 10. I would absolutely think we can achieve that in, uh, you know, in Portland. So, um, yeah, that that's really the goal is to go there again and, you know, Honestly, I'd like to see us being a top 10 in, in qualifying in the race. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, things change every weekend, but uh, I think that's a great opportunity to uh, to go make it happen. Talk to me about the track. Is it a track that you like driving? I know a lot of the other drivers in the series say they like coming to Portland. How do you feel about the raceway? Uh, I loved it straight away. 
um you know i like the track it you know it it flows it flows really well like there's a few good sections that lead immediately into the next uh you know the last complex is uh, extremely fast you know left uh, left hander then straight into a right hander just enough time to uh, you know get straight and then you know the final corner is you know really difficult right hander again and um you know the track itself was just a pleasure to drive uh, you know every aspect of it i really enjoyed and i'm excited to see our uh, you know, number six, the Automation Series XM car fly around the track. So, um, you know, I think we, we're extremely hopeful we're going to have a, a good weekend. I like Portland uh, as a town, as a city. Uh, you know, really had a good time when, when we were there. I'm going to stay Sunday night and maybe check out a bit more downtown again. And uh, yeah, you know, honestly, it's just a, it's a place that I look back at already. You know, only have to go in there for one year and just I get so many like positive feelings and, uh, you know, so much positive energy from it that's uh just ready to watch it snowball and uh you know go back have a great weekend and just keep building on those positive feelings that's fantastic let me ask you kind of a more serious question what is the state of indycar right now uh very good i think um you know i think for anyone who saw the uh you know the mclaren spm announcement i think mm-hmm. uh i think that's a, a really good sign for the series to have such big names coming back and i know that it's caused you know some uh ripples i guess is probably the best way to uh to explain it but i think you know for the health of the series and the direction that the series is going is is actually very good so um i think i you know from what i from what i hear early it seems like uh, you know indy's going to have a bump day again next year which would be amazing uh obviously we're trying to see as many cars on the grid as possible but um I think I think the health of IndyCar is is really coming on strong. The TV package is, you know, growing and getting better and pretty much up everywhere compared to uh, last year. So uh, yeah, I think again it's just it's really on that on that rise and hopefully just carries on. All right. What about for you? The end of the season next year, are you in discussion to get a full time ride or what's kind of you know what's your future looking like? I think it looks good. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of conversations going on right now between uh, between me, uh, everybody at Maya Shank Racing. Uh, we are very lucky in our partners already in Automation and Sirius XM that all, you know everyone knows that our desire is uh, to try and get to doing a full time drive. I saw that Michael was quoted, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago and said that everything was you know progressing really well and he was feeling you know pretty good about everything mm-hmm. and. You know, frankly, my, you know, the, the feelings that I get come from the people I work with. So when he's feeling good, makes me feel good. Um, I'm trying to think of a nice way to, to explain this, but, you know, I trust, uh, I trust the team. You know, I, I've got great faith in my sponsors. I trust my manager, you know, to go and try and figure out how we, uh, how we navigate, you know, through all these uh, obstacles and, you know, build the big, uh, you know, clear picture with all the pieces that we have and, hopefully doing that just allows me to uh, focus on trying to navigate around the track as quickly as, uh, as I can. So, um, you know, really I've been trying just to focus on, on just the, you know, purely my driving side and then help out in any way, any way that I can. And uh, I think things seem like they really are progressing very well. Obviously we are grateful to Alternation and Sirius XM. Hopefully we're going to have something, uh, you know, good to say uh, soon. Let me let me dive in a little bit to inside baseball. So kind of go be, you know behind the curtain of, of racing. 
we heard a little bit of this with Alexander Rossi and bringing Napa aboard and how he was such a key element in that. And of course, with you, you know, with Sirius XM and AutoNation, how much time do you spend as a driver to get out there and actively look for sponsors? Or is that something now that your team completely handles and you're strictly focused on the track? I think as a driver, you can never, ever, you know, be 100% strictly focused on the track. Uh, you know, without sponsors, we're not going to be going racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're extremely grateful for them and not in a, uh, you know, not in a BS way or anything of like course. that. I mean, I, you know, I truly wouldn't be racing without Automation and Sirius XM. And, you know, I know Michael feels the same way. You know, the IndyCar program wouldn't be happening without these two great partners. And, you know, I'm, I'm particularly grateful to uh, to Mark Cannon, to Jim Meyer, uh for giving me the opportunity, believing in me and helping us expand and grow the the program from just the Indy 500 to the six races to 10 races to what we're hoping is going to be a full-time drive. Um, we'll see how it all shimmy and shakes out. But, uh, you know, for as much as I do just try and focus on driving, I also want to make sure that they're happy, they're getting everything they need, they're being looked after, and that they're happy too. You know, it's kind of like a, a, a big snapshot of it really so um i think that as a driver you know whether it's fans or whether it's sponsors you have to give back in some way whether it's your time you know whether it's just signing autographs or whatever it is uh, just because without all these people you know we wouldn't have a sport i wouldn't be here and without you know the financial backing of uh nation serious i wouldn't be here and without people to come and watch at the track we would just be guys trying to circulate as quickly as we can right um you know so i don't think it's ever just exclusively just want to drive yeah obviously i want to drive but uh, you know not just ever just driving is always you know many other things going on right well i appreciate you just kind of you know peeling the curtain back there and not a lot of people that you know don't follow the series or aren't you know, the super diehard fans understand how all that works. You know, most people think, okay, well, they go out, they find a driver. The team already has a sponsor. They just put the guy in the car and then he's got to go fast. And so I don't, I just think a lot of people don't understand how the whole process works. I don't think that's, you know, that's fair. And I mean, honestly, from our side, we don't, we don't want people to have sure. to see the, you know, the, the bad bits or what we want you to see, uh, you know, the positive sides and really is like the iceberg. You know, and that is those coming and racing on Sunday and hopefully having a good day. Um, so, I mean, it's fun, it's difficult, um, but it's a reality. And, you know, never shy away from uh, from that. It's just, a, you know, it's a good time. All right. Well, you are a self-proclaimed Star Wars geek. So I want to I want to kind of jump into this. If an IndyCar okay. was if an IndyCar was an X-Wing fighter and you had to have a droid assist you around the track, who are you picking Ooh. R2-D2 or BB-8? Oh, I knew that. As soon as you said Joy, I knew it was going to be that. Um, okay, I can tell you. It's going to be R2-D2. Why? Because I feel like he's the friend you need who is honest with you, no matter if it upsets your feelings. Okay. And he's the guy that, because he says that, you, you listen. It's not just like another snippet. It's like, oh, okay, I need to do this better today. I'll, I'll consider it. Hmm. You know, I feel okay. like, you know, he's kind of like, at least now he seems like that slightly more, that old hand, you know, like bb eight's like new generation, R2-D2 is like old generation, he's got like that experience, you know, he's a little weathered, probably seen it before. Okay. 
Who would be better suited from those two choices to be a mechanic on your team? Oh, well, I I remember the one scene when, uh, in um, the last movie, the when Poe Dameron was driving, was you know flying around, he's driving his X-wing, but he's flying around in it. That in the Last Jedi, basically, he got hit and then it knocked out some of the communications on his X-wing, and then BB-8 just seemed to be able to keep pulling out these extra arms. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know where he's keeping them all. By the way, um, he just seemed to be able to like just keep pulling out extra extra gadgets and gizmos. So I kind of feel like he's he's like your Swiss Army knife. Okay, you know. I was going to give him the edge just for the fact that he has the settling torch available at any given point. I love the fact that it could be a thumbs up. I thought right. that was Me too. awesome Me too. how they did that. I'll be honest with you, side note. I really liked The Force Awakens. Okay. I thought that was a really, really well done movie. I did too. I did not love The Last Jedi. And that hurts me to say... Because I'm such a passionate Star Wars fan. But I also want to be real. Sure. Well, let me let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, you know the movies inside and out. That's that's evident. I mean, it, you follow you on social media. You talk about it a lot. You've talked about it in this <laughs> interview. Probably too much, yeah. let, let me let me take you to that last scene then in The Last Jedi where Luke Skywalker is a hologram and he's, you know, drawn everybody in. Just walk me through your emotions of that because I've seen the movie now, you know, three or four times, and every yeah. time it's just it's a different emotion for me. What what were you thinking in that scene? I think I thought that the Last Jedi, if you redid it, but you were to keep some key scenes, mm-hmm. was actually in its entirety had some like some of the best Star Wars scenes I've seen, honestly. Like I thought the game, uh, you know, the game, uh, the throne room fight was awesome. Uh, I liked how they were building Snoke up to be something that was like incredible. So I think the movie had like amazing potential. There was just aspects of it that I really didn't like. Going back to that last scene, I was like blown away. Like I was in my chair, like what is happening right, right now? And I honestly, I thought he was there. Honestly. Oh, same, like, here. Wow. same here. Wow. I'm like, he, he's like, he's made it. And on his trip, he's even had a shave. I'm like, wow, this guy, he's like, something awesome is about to happen. And something awesome did happen, but it was such a curveball that I wasn't expecting. So I, I liked, I loved the scene. I thought it was an awesome scene. Um, it feels like that was a nod a little bit to just to, if you've watched any of the new trailers, you can obviously hear his his voice there, and mm-hmm. I would have only going to assume that he comes back as a Force Ghost in some uh, in some capacity, which kind of feels like a nod to the originals, you know, like having that teacher, that guider, you know, who was a Force Ghost, right. like Obi Wan was to uh, to Luke and whatnot, um, which I thought was very cool. To me, kind of had that sense of you know what we saw with you know Obi Wan taking it for the team you know i'm gonna draw vader out totally. and i'm gonna let vader you know 
and my life per se to allow them to get away. Um, same with Yoda. Yoda completes the training and then Yoda's done and he passes. And so it just kind of had that, you know, that same, you know, feel to me storyline. But then you find out he wasn't there and literally my mind was blown. Like there's no way that he just did this. I was like, oh, I thought, I thought it was so cool. I was like on the edge when, after I saw him just like vanish, it was like, wait, like you just ripped my heart out and mm-hmm. like thrown it around. Like, who are you? you? Can't do this to me. Right. Um, you know, so I think hearing his voice in the next like trailer, like actually brought some comfort to me. Um, <laughs> It's goofy, but I mean, no, it's it's true. It's, true. it's very true. I I, I completely and, agree. And then um, I thought it was cool that you know he got to see Leia. Like clearly, they have you know a very strong connection. But um, you know, I thought I thought Luke's story, you know, from the Force Awakens to where he's at now, you know, has been has been really cool. I felt like the Last Jedi could have emphasized aspects of the story more because sure. I'm still not really sure what the whole Canto bite thing had to do with anything. I'm like, that is a side story on its own. You're not rogue one, like rein it in. Um, and I would love to have just seen a bit more of Luke's story, Snoke's story. Um, maybe all of that's about to be revealed. I don't know, but I think it's always hard as a middle movie to be, to be good because you're still kind of just in that storytelling phase. You've not completed it yet. Right. But I would love to have been a fly on the wall when uh, Ryan Johnson then sat down with like JJ Abram and was like, what direction do you think we should go following the last Jedi? Right. <laughs> you know, like that would have been a really interesting, uh, interesting set of stall, you know, when he was sat with the star Wars execs or something like, how are we going to recover this? <laughs> I, I'm sure that they will do, you know, the series justice because I think if they don't, you know, you're gonna have a lot of fans that one will be probably pretty pissed and you know won't see the movie. So I, I I have some faith that that's gonna happen. But let me ask you about this. Going back to the full scope of the trailers and the full scope of every movie, mm. what is the best piece of music from Star Wars? Are we talking the Imperial March or the actual theme? Uh, the theme. Okay. When you when uh, I mean you say it, I think there's some massively iconic moments. I mean, as soon as you hear the intro theme, no matter what it is, no matter what you're doing, where you are, you think Star Wars. Yep. Even if someone plays you the first three seconds of it, even the first second, you're like Star Wars. Oh, like yeah. immediately. I think the other thing that's like extremely iconic, honestly, is Darth Vader. Ooh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like you hear that straight away and it's like the same sort of thing with Jaws. You know, you hear it and you're like, Darth Vader, aha, I'm back to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's... And then the other one that I like as well is like the, the noise that lightsabers make when they oh, yeah. start them. Oh, yeah. It's legit. It, you know, it's kind my of... favorite song, Go ahead. Like my favorite like composition, I guess, um, is actually right at the end uh, the Jedi Returns or the Return of a Jedi and it's the Victory Celebration song okay I don't know why I just love that it's just a great melody 
So that's after they've blown up the Death Star when they're partying with the Ewoks, right? And they're and they're banging on the yes. uh, you know stormtrooper, you know helmets. Yep. Luke, you know, comes back down and finds everyone. They got that great uh, end scene. Now let me ask you, what was the better ending, the original ending to that, or the enhanced ending where they tied back in all of the other galaxies? I, I mean, honestly, I like the original. Me too. I like the original. I think when they start, I think if they'd have just made it a little crisper, I'm okay with the remakes. I think. Right. I don't mind when they do that. When they start editing extra bits, I'm. I don't know. Like I, I, I thought in one sense it was cool, you know, to see yeah. uh, Hayden Christensen come back, right, as like Darth Vader. But like in the same breath, if you're going to do that, then make Obi Wan you and McGregor, right? Like it, it just seemed, it just didn't like two and two won't make him four, right? Exactly, exactly. And I know I've seen people say, well, you know, that's the last time he was like a Jedi and he was a good guy. I'm like, yeah, but it's about redemption. You know, and he redeemed himself under all of his, you know, Darth Vader under all of his uh, aesthetics as the guy who was there in the original. And I think that was fair. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I, if I was that guy, I'd be actually probably pretty, pretty pissed off. Yeah, right? How dare you edit me out of the film that I starred in? Exactly. You're like, his kids had three, well, like, at least like two movies. Right. What are you about? <laughs> Jack Harvey, real quick, where can people follow you on social media and find out more about you? Uh, you can get me on uh, Twitter, Instagram. It's the same handle. It's Jack underscore Harvey 42. Um, I do talk about Star Wars a lot. I'm still a Harry Potter fan. I do bake. Uh, if you want to just come and have some uh, random giggles and in the midst of all of that, I know I'm a racing driver too. So we, you know, we throw up the occasional cool racing picture. Um, come and have a good time. We, we usually just try and have a bit of a laugh. Well, you can catch him next on track at the Grand Prix of Portland coming up here at the end of August, the first weekend of September. I'm looking forward to it. IndyCar is back in Portland once again. It's going to be a party. Jack, I know you've got a lot of other interviews. I've taken way too much of your time, and I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you.